Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first and the last, the all-knowing, the all-wise, the all-kind, the all-merciful, our creator and our cherisher and our sustainer, the only one who can forgive us our sins. We seek refuge in him from the evil of our own selves and also the evil of our misdeeds. But all salawat and salam we send in abundance upon Allah's chosen one, Allah's final and last prophet and messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His pure family, his noble companions, and all true believers until the very last day. Tonight, many Muslim historians would tell us, is a very important night for us Muslims, knowing that with Maghrib prayer it will be the 12th of Rabi'il Awwal, the month in which we believe Allah's final prophet and messenger, our prophet and messenger, our beloved messenger, our beloved prophet, our teacher, our role model was born. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him as a special gift, al-Rahma al-Muhda. Special gift, mercy unto the world. Allah sent him to this planet, to this earth, among other human beings. And he gave that final and last prophet and messenger of his a very mighty task and mission, a truly special mission. He sent him onto the entire mankind, onto the world. We don't even know how many worlds there are there how many realms of existence. But we know that Allah chose him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to guide all of those worlds, and that is in it, in them. And not just to guide them, to deliver his message, which he did in the very best way, selflessly sacrificed his own self, on numerous occasions just to deliver the message and to fulfill the trust, al-aman. But Allah also sent him as a mercy. Not rasulan, also rahmatan lil'alameen. A mercy to the world. And in this time of the year, indeed, every one who claims to be a Muslim, and every one of us who claims to be following the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or would like to believe that he is one of those that belong to the Ummah of the Chosen One, they really and truly need to read and study about his life, his blessed seerah. There is no other biography like that. 
You just cannot stop mesmerizing yourself from any stage of his life that you read and learn about. The actual day in which he was born and all the miracles and blessings that the world and those around him witnessed and then from any other stage later on in his life. Whether it was his childhood, youth, marriage, the business that he dealt with, when he became the messenger of Allah, when he called people to Islam, his relatives and others, he gave them advice, whatever he did, there is always something truly remarkable in there. <clears throat> A universal message and pills of wisdom. One after the other, like sea without shore, an endless ocean of wisdom and compassion and affection and care and forbearance and knowledge and goodwilling and so on and so forth. All coming from one individual, Allah's final prophet and messenger, our beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallu alayhi. Say sallallahu alayhi wa So in today's khutbah, I just wanted to examine my own relationship with my and our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Where do I stand when it comes to my claim that I follow him, that I belong to his ummah and that I love him earnestly? When I know the hadith which I read in the beginning in Arabic, my Prophet, our Prophet has said, none of us will truly believe until we love him more than our father, our parent, or our child or children, and all of people. And in another riwayah he said, more than your family and all the assets that you have, all of your possessions, all your wealth, you have to love the Prophet ﷺ more than any of that. When he said this famous saying of his, it seems that companions, his companions, they started competing among themselves who is going to come to the Prophet ﷺ and give the best testimony of earnest and honest and true love of the Prophet ﷺ. So here comes Umar And he says to the Prophet ﷺ, knowing that saying and what the Quran as well says about how we should treat the Prophet ﷺ and what type of relationship we need to have when it comes to Allah and His Messenger, he says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّكَ لَأَنْتَ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ He says, indeed, O the Messenger of Allah, you are more beloved to me than my father. He says like, مِنْ وَالِدِي وَوَلَدِي وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ He says like rephrasing the hadith. I love you, you are more beloved to me, O the Messenger of Allah, more than my parents, my children, and all of people, إِلَّا نَفْسِي He said. Except myself, like I seem to be loving myself still the most of all living beings. And how was the reply of the Prophet? What did he say in return? 
He said to him, لا يا عمر. No, O oh, Umar. It's not like that. حتى أكون أحب إليك من نفسك. It is not like that. Until you love me more than yourself, Iman is not accomplished. And then Umar says, فإنك أحب إلي من نفسي الآن يا رسول الله. He said, from now on, you are more beloved to me than my own self, than everything else. And then the Prophet ﷺ replied to him by saying, الآن يا عمر. That's how it should be, يا عمر. Oh, عمر. Allah is first, and then his messenger, and then is your mother. Three times the Prophet said, and then your father, and then the rest of people who are close to you in terms of how much you should love them. So he testified this, and the Prophet confirmed to him, you have to examine and question your own self. Do you really love the Prophet more than all the savings that you have in your bank accounts? Do you really love your Rasul more than your own children or your parents or your spouse? But the best question of all is, do you really love him more than yourself? Did you ever think why certain people spend their whole life collecting every single saying of the beloved Prophet so that you and I can learn and benefit from? Because they had earnest love towards the Messenger. The great example is Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, the greatest arguably collection of a hadith. It's like, until now, whenever I open that magnificent work, I can't stop admiring it. And I intended to share a few stories from that very collection with you. The highest collection in terms of authenticity, Sihha. Him and many others who wrote like encyclopedia, voluminous works, only on the seerah, on the Prophet's life, his biography. Why? Because they truly loved the Prophet and they wanted to record every single minute of his life. May Allah reward all of them. We are now benefiting from that. But in all reality, it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who enabled his final prophet and messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to give us the teaching for every occasion and situation that we may find ourselves in. And there is no thing that we will experience, face, encounter in our own lives that we do not have a guideline that is clear and beautiful and useful and wise and caring that didn't come from the Prophet From the moment you wake up until you go to sleep every single day and night of your life, you will find beautiful teaching that our beloved Prophet taught you and I what to say and what to do and how to behave and what manners we should display and, 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 and have in every occasion. Social ethics, manners of eating, manners of every single thing. How to trade, business transactions, even how to believe in Allah, 
have to think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single thing that you can possibly imagine and think of that will be useful to you in this world and beyond, in the hereafter, is a teaching that was passed on to you from the beloved Prophet وسلم, through a mighty, beautiful and strong chain of his companions and then follow their followers and their followers, generation after generation until this day. And it's all preserved, intact. And we do not doubt its authenticity. So listen to some stories where you should be able to realize that everything that exists in this universe loved the Prophet and had earnest love towards him. Many of his companions they showed us how to love the Prophet and how to sacrifice for his sake, which is for the sake of Allah's deen. And there were examples where animals would show signs and teach you and I mighty lessons on how to love and change our attitude towards Allah's chosen one. Going beyond that, inanimate objects, trees, many trees in this mosque, yeah? We feel like we are in the woods. Many trees testified to this. And those are real stories. I'm not narrating to you Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter here, but it's a hadith that you can read or a hadith, traditions that you can find in Bukhari and Muslim and Abu Dawood, etc. So first, I have this hadith uh, of Abu Bakr, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Because scholars give us 10 at least signs, you can use those as tools to screen and to see whether your love is earnest, honest, true towards the person or not. Qadi Iyad is one of the best who wrote them and summarized them. 10 signs, if you meet all those conditions, then your love towards the Prophet is more likely to be earnest and your Iman accomplished. Here is an example from Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala early in Mecca. He was the closest companion to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he, whenever he could, he just wanted to be by the side of the Prophet sallallahu To be close to him physically and to hear from his wisdom, divine inspiration that Allah inspired to him. On one occasion they were together, but unfortunately people who had the eyes but they couldn't see, they had the ears but they couldn't hear. And it's really not the eyes, it's the heart, this heart, the spiritual heart which really and truly sees. They couldn't see that the sending of the Prophet back then to them, among them, in Mecca, was a mighty blessing. He was there actually to deliver them from the darknesses of misguidance, but they couldn't see that. Their hearts were sealed as the Quran says. A few of them gathered together and they called the Prophet and, and Abu Bakr alone immersed in prayer. They are immersed praying to Allah, crying, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can say they caught them out of God or surprised them. So they attacked them. And they are really also especially targeting Abu Bakr because not only was he the closest companion to the Prophet in that early days, 
but he was a very strong supporter of the Prophet and his mission, financially and in every other way. A very influential figure back in Mecca. Knows the lineage of people, very well respected trader, linking connections, making amazing moves in terms of da'wah and bringing so many people into Islam early on. May Allah have mercy on him and reward him for every single second he spent in that cause. So on that occasion, those people gathered together and they beat, they attack the Prophet and, and Abu Bakr. And they particularly, because Abu Bakr stood to defend the Prophet they, he was trying to fight back, so then they even beat him more than the Prophet on that occasion. He was about to die almost. That's how much he was beaten up. So somehow people came by and they saw him, they took him to his mother's house and they nursed him for a long time. And he lost his consciousness. That's how much he was beaten up for a long time. As soon as he became conscious, he woke up. What did he say? He's asking about the Prophet Where is he? Because all he remembers, the last thing before he lost his consciousness, is that a group of people, non-believers, came to beat them up. And they know they're targeting the Prophet want to end him. And he remembers that. So he's just worried about the Prophet not demising. They said, he huwa bi khair. It's like they explained to him, you were beaten more than him, by the way. And he said to his mother, go and arrange, tell this and that auntie, and let them bring the messenger of Allah to me. I want to see him. I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I want to see it with my own eyes. And even though the Prophet was wounded too, but they arranged it and he came. And the moment he saw him, Abu Bakr, he said, Ya Rasulallah, Zala anni kulla shaybi ru'yatik. Ya Rasulallah. He said, all the pain has gone. Oh, the messenger of Allah, just after I saw you. Like that. Another example, Imra, a lady from Ansar, Medina, during the battle of Uhud, Allah decreed her father, her brothers, her relatives, her uncle, so many of her closest relatives were martyred, killed. And they tell her this horrible news, and they bring her. And then she understood one thing, so many of the companions got murdered or killed, martyred in that battle, she began realizing maybe something also happened to the Prophet Maybe he too was martyred. So she asks them, how is the Prophet I hope he wasn't injured or martyred. And they told her he is fine. And she said, I don't believe you until I see the Prophet Show me the Prophet So they took her to the Prophet and upon seeing him, she said, That's what she said, her famous saying. She said, after seeing you, the Prophet all those calamities and losses are trivial. They don't matter. As long as you are safe and still alive, you will carry on with the message. 
you will still give us thousands and thousands of teachings after the Battle of Uhud. And that's exactly what happened. And half of the Quran, or more or less, more than that, was still revealed for you and I to benefit. That was their love to the Prophet But listen, I'll finish the khutbah with this story. A camel wept, complained to the Prophet complaining of its owner not treating the camel properly. And the Prophet tells the gentleman, a young man actually from Medina, off in that regard. So it wasn't only Sulaiman who could talk to the animals. Allah blessed our messenger too with that ability. But this story mesmerizes me the most. This comes from a companion called Ya'ala ibn Murrah. He said, one day, we, I and the Prophet and some Sahaba, we went on for an outing. And the night fell, so the companions fell asleep and the Prophet fell asleep and I stayed guarding. He stayed awake. When in the middle of the night, I hear some noise. And to my surprise, that's why I said I'm not talking about Lord of the Rings. To my surprise, I see a tree walking like a human being walks, pulling itself out, the roots from the soil, and walking towards the Prophet and coming over him. And he said later on that three incidents that I remember vividly from my time with the Prophet I'll never ever forget them in my lifetime. And this is one of them, he said. He said, I saw that. And then the tree went over the Prophet and then straightened back and went back to its own place where it was. And the Prophet is asleep, still asleep. So when the, he didn't want to wake the Prophet it's an extraordinary thing, but he still didn't want to wake him up. Look how much care and reverence and love he had for the Prophet And no one else witnessed this, just him on that occasion. So when the Prophet woke up in the morning for Fajr, he told him, he ran to him and said, what a messenger of Allah. I cannot believe, you won't believe me what happened, what I just witnessed. And then he said to him what he saw. And he said, calm down, that's nothing strange. It's nothing strange. Tilka shajar, tilka so that was a tree that asked Allah, begged Allah for the permission to go and to say salam to the messenger of Allah. And Allah gave the permission to that tree, so he came and said salam to me. And then he went back to its place where it's supposed Sallu alayhi. Sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik alayhi. Mawlaya salli wa sallim wa barik على سيدنا محمد دائما أبدا يا رب العالمين سرمدا خالدا مع خلودك يا رب العالمين ويا أرحم الراحمين These are the stories which are true They're not mythology like I said So you and I need to now understand Should we not love the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Follow his sunnah, his teachings Obey him Mention him often, love him unconditionally, love his family as he said, love me for the sake of love me for the sake of Allah and love my family for my own sake.
Should we not love the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed unto him, which is another sign, and I'm sure Sheikh Tariq will tell us more about that next khutbah, inshallah. Should we not love the sunnah, the whole corpus of the hadith that we have, that came? Should we not prefer him and his likings over our own? His sahaba wore what he liked to wear. They ate what he liked to eat. And in every way possible, they emulated him. They followed his examples, his footsteps, literally. We too should do the same. So I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this year, during this month of Rabi' al-Awwal, we increase our reverence and love and admiration and respect and obedience towards the Prophet وسلم, and more than ever before in our lives. And then we work on it and keep going on and on and on so that this yearning and love towards the Prophet is not only limited to this dunya but to the hereafter and that we are in his close companion company or companionship of the Prophet we have in the hereafter. فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور